0: If you're not unlocking the full value of your SaaS, what are you doing? There is no denying it. SaaS is mission critical to your company's growth and success. And as the number two operating expense for most organizations, it's your biggest opportunity to save money and drive efficiency. The time is now to do something about it. Please take this as your personal invitation to join me and your fellow IT, Sam, finance, and procurement leaders at SASME on May 16th, 2023. SASME is the industry's only dedicated SaaS management event where you can sharpen your skills, hear from your peers, and learn how to unlock value and responsible business growth through smarter SaaS management. It's virtual, it's free, and it's going to knock your socks off. Register today at sasme.com. That's S A A S. M-E-dot-com. It's time to get your sassing gear. Are you with me?
1: If you look at those maps that it always get shared of how many vendors and tools are in each category, and now you're looking at a company of, for us, let's say 1,300 people globally, how do we prioritize where we're going to invest? That's always what I dive into. So. The process has evolved and it's gotten really good because it's consolidated. But still within that, who's a decision maker to tell the head of sales that, no, this the ROI on this is not quite matching up with what marketing is looking for versus Mm -hmm. what CTO is looking for, et cetera. So that high level decision making strategy of where we need to invest, where we need to renew, where we need to add, that I think is the part that's extremely valuable.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to SaaS Me Unfiltered, the SaaS Management Podcast. The show with give it to you straight, real-life advice from pros knee-deep in SaaS every single day. SaaS management superheroes just like you. Really excited to have everyone join us today. I'm Corey Wheeler, co-founder and chief customer officer at Zylo.
3: And I'm Ashley Hickman, manager of customer success at Zylo.
2: Well, we are very excited about our guest that we've got on today. This guest really took a nonlinear path professionally to become a leader in the SaaS management space. That nonlinear path began in sales, where he worked for the Vancouver Canucks, then went into post-grad work in accounting. So that'll be fun to hear about that transition, where he went to work at Hootsuite, where he then transitioned into IT purchasing. And from there, he built the procurement function from the ground up in a fast-growing tech-forward organization. He is a native of Canada. He's a Vancouver guy all the way. Gigantic sports fan, which I can definitely relate to. Uh, Fan of the Canucks, the Blue Jays, the Raptors, and the 49ers, interestingly enough. I'm very, very excited to welcome Akhil Kasamali, the Senior Manager of Procurement at Hootsuite. Welcome, Akhil. Hey, thanks for having me. Really
1: excited to chat with everyone. We're excited to have you here.
3: Yeah. So Akil would love to kick off a little bit with some of your background experience. I started out in sales myself. So would love to hear a little bit about your background starting off in sales, kind of your journey into accounting, et cetera. Um, would love to hear a little bit about those pivotal moments or people that made such an impact on your career that really led to where you're at today.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Even when I started off in my career, I didn't know anything about procurement, didn't know how to define it. Uh, so starting off in sales, I didn't know that was going to be a tool or a skill set that would be helpful in this career. But uh, yeah, I started off in sports, uh, kind of a dream company, dream job for me. You know, working with fans and tickets and and selling that way. But uh, after a while, kind of wanted to do a bit more, get more of a business background. So like Corey mentioned, went back to school for accounting, and instead of going the you know the traditional uh, firm route. Uh, there was an opening at Hootsuite, so in Vancouver, tech scene is pretty robust now. But in the earlier days, there was only a few signature companies, Hootsuite being one of them. So I was immediately attracted to the brand and the culture. So decided to kind of start things up there. As I, you know, worked through my first year and a bit at, in accounting, an opportunity came up on the IT side, and this was interesting because at first you look at it, you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not qualified. I don't have the skill set for this. But as you dig a bit deeper, uh, the working how IT works with finance. And the planning, plus the buying, it was intriguing. So making that switch was the biggest move I've made so far and to you know where I've ended up now. And working in IT and as Corey mentioned, like the company's moving really fast. That means there's a ton of change and a ton of growth at the same time. And for me, I love it. And it's great because that creates a lot of opportunity. So working in there, Kind of learning on the fly. I was pretty grateful for that coming in green, but learning, being able to learn on the job and then the company maturing. So when I started with the company, there was about 300 people. And when my procurement journey started, it was over 600 people to give you an idea. And they wanted to centralize procurement, roll out some uh, controls around purchase orders and consolidation of spend, SaaS and on SaaS. So I, I found my way um, through some business operations team and then finally onto legal. Which I'm still here now. So it's unorthodox. We're you know building a procurement function out of legal, but for our company and the skill sets and the people that were around at that time, it made a lot of sense. Not to get too granular, but you know building out uh, approvals and you know signatures and that kind of stuff that uh, you know we all know is important. Yeah, there's
2: a ton of overlap there. I'm definitely interested in talking a little bit more about that here in a little bit, but. As a former procurement leader myself, I'm partial to folks that have built and led procurement teams. So I'm excited about what you're doing, what you've already done, and how you're scaling that going forward. But first, did being in sales really give you a little more empathy? Does it give you more empathy in your day-to-day role? Because you are executing on large-scale contract negotiations with your vendors each and every day. Talk maybe just briefly about how being in sales really applies to that overall procurement skill set.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't change our or my appetite to do best for what's for Hootsuite. But it does give me an understanding of what the person on the other side of the table or the other side of the call is uh, experiencing. So for example, if everything is done correctly, and the salesperson needs something done quicker for their own numbers, we are happy to do that to help them. You're not going to just be mean for the sake of it. Cause I know being on the other end, you know, you, you need yeah. that number. So if everything is aligned, we're okay working faster to build that partnership on that side. But SaaS compared to what the kind of sales I was doing is a different beast. Oh, yeah. Um, the recurring nature, uh, the speed, obviously, the size of the deals does have its own quirks and change a lot of things. But overall, I do under- understand where these folks are coming from. And um, I think it does help our calls, our first impressions, and our ability to close on stuff that we believe is fair for the company.
2: Yeah. Understanding the intent on both sides of the table, what everyone is driving to. I think once you sit in that seat, you really... Maybe it's a little bit of empathy, but you you really understand that on another level that maybe just sitting in a procurement role, maybe you wouldn't have that. As we talk to leaders that have emerged in organizations and built from the ground up, there's generally, and we've talked to several guests about this, you've had some sort of oh shit moment. So internally at Hootsuite, working in accounting, what was that initial oh shit moment that Hootsuite had where procurement needed to be created, there was a challenge or a problem needed to be solved, and you were just the right person to be able to raise your hand and do it?
1: Yeah. And I think that was um, a new CFO coming in and uh, probably realizing what um, he had in his previous company and was missing here. In finance, I could see that just the speed there was that the company was growing at. There was probably a ton of redundancy, a ton of not a lot of budgets, not a lot of rigor around what teams need to be involved in certain types of purchases. But I wasn't ever getting deep into that type of stuff. And when I went to IT, I was removed from the finance end, so I couldn't really see what was brewing and being worked on. So when I got that when I got that call to um, you know make this happen and bring it over it kind of all clicks, saying, okay, this kind of makes sense that we have this kind of going on in a, in a centralized area in IT. And all these problems still exist on the finance. And let's bridge those two things together as we scale. So ideally, this would have started 300 people earlier. But right. we all know that's not always the case. And, and you, know, you need to get some of the learning out of the way or get the right people in the building. But uh, right. it all kind of aligned and, and, and it made a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. you know, We see a lot of early-stage scaling companies bringing on procurement as a practice and a function with a pro in that seat at 600 employees is early. Typically, we see it around 1,000 employees and maybe a little bit beyond that. So hats off to Hootsuite for really looking at that early on as a core need in the business. So that quick follow-up, I'm super excited to learn what you're doing in the future. But as you built the organization... What were some of those big successes and those big challenges that stood out to you as you stood up the function? Those things that were tailwinds that moved you forward and those that that were probably a little, a little bit rockier as you implemented those in the business?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first big project that I was tasked with was building out a purchase order function. So sure. it sounds, oh, it's just purchase orders like that's not sexy at all, but what it did was it helped us centralize. If you want to take anything from it, it helped to centralize. So once it gets to the PO stage, everything's done. So that's not where the value is. But what it's doing is it's getting everybody in the door to get a purchase order. Now, Mm -hmm. the battle is at what stage does that purchase come to us? But what it did was it reduced redundancy. It got us to know who the buyers are around the company and the type of stuff that's being bought and when. Sounds corny because it's purchase orders, but what it did was it kind of set the groundwork. And then from there, you're like, Oh, who's going to approve this stuff? You know, how quick, how, how lean should the approvals be? Who's going to sign this stuff? So all the guts that you know, as a, you know, being in procurement before all the stuff starts aligning and you realize you need this stuff. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, but you do need to put these things in place. And then the biggest challenge and it's still a challenge is educating, Mm -hmm. educating our users. It's literally every quarter we've got a project that's about education. Yeah. And now we're at, uh, you know, over 1300 people. So we're. How do you educate those people? And you just assume people know, but a lot of people don't know, especially in the tech world. Maybe it shades a bit younger in terms of experience and staffs, people who haven't been in more like built up companies where this is already a practice. So they come from, Hey, I used to, uh, I'm a manager. I used to be able to sign $100,000 contracts Mm -hmm. or, Hey, I used to be able to go talk to vendors and buy my own software. And now you're educating them saying, no, it's consolidated. I've been doing this for so many years. Like, We're going to partner with you. We're going to get you what you need, but let us do that. So we have really good examples of things that were done amazingly, from plan right to pay. Mm-hmm. And we have stuff that comes in half baked, fully baked, with just nothing remaining, and then we're unpacking where we can add value. So I think um, you know it's ongoing, but that was the challenge, and still yeah. is the challenge. So maybe that's a knock on myself that we haven't done better, but I feel like that's just the nature of the biz.
2: It is it's all change management especially building from the ground up it's never done you're always advancing your program but when you roll things out it is 100% change management i okay it's 90% change management because you've got the platform and the requirements and things like that but then it's very interesting to hear you know what were those challenges it's just the ongoing education and change management of historical processes The fear of people that their decision will be taken away from them when you're really there just to drive strategic outcomes for the company. So uh, I definitely relate to that.
1: Yeah, it's a branding thing too for the procurement team. I think a lot of people, especially on the sales side, they're like, "Oh, no, procurement," but then internally, that's sometimes the image too. Like, oh, like what is procurement? Oh, and they look at security, privacy, the look legal. It's all like roadblocks and jargon. So, like, how do you show them? Like, hey, we got a little bit of business acumen here. We've done this before. We're not going to block you, but you're part of this company. You're a shareholder. You want us to protect our data, our customers and all this stuff. So you want to say all this without scaring them away saying, okay, but we're going to do all that behind the scenes and we're going to partner with you. So you're still going to buy, but we're going to get this done the right way. Yeah. The other thing is like turnover, right? If you lax on a lot of this stuff, people work for companies now, one, two, three years, they're gone. So if you at scale, don't do this... Crucial work that's required in on the controls. It's going to be a big problem for the company leading down. So mm-hmm. we have to sell this to our internal stakeholders, saying, "Hey, like this is not scary. This is not. This is pretty standard. What we do at Hootsuite is we try to make it really friendly. We know we try to make it make this Hootsuite style. So even how we communicate, what we write up, how we are flexible with how we go to market, we try to um, tailor it to our our partners." the ROI, like how quick this needs to move, we try to be really flexible, because we want people to use our function and not go outside the process.
3: Yeah, that's really helpful to know. And you've kind of shared a little bit, kind of let some breadcrumbs right around how the partnership looks like within the business, you have some centralized purchasing with the procurement function that you stood up. Um, but would love to hear a little bit more around what that ownership looks like within your organization.
1: Yeah, I mean, traditionally, IT and, and SaaS sits with IT and it Mm -hmm. does here as well. That being said, there's so many components to SaaS management that it it just can't be fully run within an IT department. So IT owns the overall strategy. But underneath that strategy, we have requests from all over the company. We're we're a global company. We've gone through M&A. There's so many different niches and use cases for um, leveraging SaaS. So we have an exercise where the leaders of the certain pillars will prioritize what kind of new SaaS we want to purchase in a given year, along with what we're going to renew. Now, that sits there. But procurement will now play a role in the budgeting, headcount growth. How do we account for that? How renewals come up? Are there going to be increases in the renewal time? Are there going to be added modules? All the stuff that makes this um, so exciting and so much work, because there are a lot of moving pieces. So it's definitely a partnership. And we all have our role to play.
2: I couldn't agree with that more. So I want to take a little bit of time and dive into the finance versus legal. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Procurement usually lives in finance. A lot of times we see it living in IT as well. But at Hootsuite, it sits in the legal team. And I love this for a lot of different reasons. But maybe talk about a little bit of that. What are the differences in ownership within those functions? And you know, how do you view that in legal being a little bit different than coming up in a financially driven function like finance?
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think when it first started, it was more out of fit and timing of where I should go. It was just a one person. So it might not have been a long-term plan, but at that time, reporting into the chief legal officer just made sense. So it was by accident. But as the program grew, and we were proving everything out, there was no reason to move it away. And I think that stems from me having a really good relationship with the finance org, empathizing with them being a former employee, even though all the people have turned over, and being able to Uh, speak that language, understand how we work with them that gave them comfort that it's okay that this function sits in legal because there's a good partnership there. And I've continued to do that even with new people. So I think that's kind of set the foundation of how that works in terms of ownership. There isn't like a charter or a document that says procurement owns this, Mm -hmm. IT owns this and finance owns this. And I don't know if that's unique to high flying startups, but there isn't something documented, but There's an understanding. And I think it comes from just building relationships. So I don't know if that's from previous career experience or my time at Hootsuite, but I always valued that saying, Hey, everyone's going to have a say in this and how we're going to get this done. And uh, it's worked out so far. Maybe it'll burn me in the future, not having it outlined on on a document, but it's worked as long as you're communicating and understanding. It's not going to be just procurement that's going to be able to execute on this vision. You're going to find success.
2: Yeah. So then sitting in legal... Shed some light on what are the KPIs that you're tracking as a procurement function, the largest metrics, the ones that you're reporting up to your boss, the CFO and others. Share that with us.
1: The main key one is savings. Mm -hmm. Now, this can be a a blend of um, negotiated savings, uh, reductions, and uh, cost avoidance. So those are main things that procurement teams value and work towards. And that's no different for us. And then every quarter from there, we'll have projects that we're going to deliver on that we complete on a quarter to quarter basis that could be an official OKR or just be an internal one where we hold ourselves accountable and it doesn't bubble up. So there's two different levels. Level one, I would say that everyone has visibility on, but then internally we really try to move the ball and, and move the big rocks. So we're not just being transactional, we're all diving in on things. So whether it's an education KPI or process improvement, we're keeping things going. So we meet. We meet weekly and, um, you know, reporting into the senior director in legal, we meet bi-weekly on seeing kind of a pulse check of where things are. But that savings goal, if you wanted to key in on that's the main one for us because yeah. you know you can see why it's important, why that would be important to finance. And it also shows once when, when you can achieve those numbers and goals, you can tell a lot of work's been done to get to those points because it's not always easy to do.
3: Are you blown away by the amazing work our SASME Unfiltered guests are doing? Now you can join them at Me, the industry's only SAS management event. Hear from the experts, discover trends, and learn from the pros knee-deep in this shit every single day. Register today at sasme.com. That's S A A S M E. dot com. So one thing that you've spoken to a little bit that's a key pillar for your organization is education in terms of seeing the changes that are important, uh, that change management perspective. It's often the biggest challenge for a lot of organizations. And you mentioned you invest a lot of time in education. So just want to hear a little bit more about other areas when it comes to SaaS that are really important for you kind of diving in from that procurement perspective.
1: Oh yeah, it's the process. So kind of touched on it earlier. People get scared as like, oh, how long is this going to take? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why is this going to take so long? Because sometimes it's things take time. So unpacking that for our internal customers to show them why. Uh, what we've done this year that's been great that we partnered with IT as well is to build a procurement like landing page center. And mm-hmm. from there, you can look at templates, you can look at guides, and you can also make all your requests through there. So that's been Uh, kind of a scaling game changer for us, because just to touch a little bit back on the education thing, some of it was just going out one year out the other. Who do we educate? How often? So now, as long as they just know, before you think about buying anything, go to the center, we've kind of allowed us to scale ourselves out and not really do these sessions as much anymore, because we don't think they were as, as effective. But that goes back to our process improvement. So we have a continuous improvement mindset. We have forms. And we understand everyone's got forms in there. It's not that big of a deal, but what we do is we tinker with it. So after a while, if we're like, Hey, we're not really using, we're not really leveraging or using some of this information we're asking from our internal customers. Let's cut it out of there and then we'll add more. So we might add an OKR line item. We may add tinker with some of the pricing and do a bit of our own AD testing on what type of stuff is coming in and how quickly. And now before there used to be a security form and a procurement form. Now there's just a procurement form. We collabed with security. We got them into our instance of um, Zendesk is what we leverage for uh, internal comms. So we got them in there. So these types of process improvements are like continuously ongoing. And in order for us to scale, because like I can't keep asking for headcount, for example. So how do we reduce and how do we use what we have? We have great, powerful tools and we've got great people. So we have to keep inventing ideas and tests. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I keep telling the team is that it doesn't have to be right this can, we're going to try this out. If it's poor, we can reverse it. Uh, We're allowed to make that mistake. We've put thoughts into why we did this. If we need to roll it back or we need to make some changes, we can do it. So, you know, we're, we're, if we're getting, we're now also another thing is, um, sourcing. We're right now a bit more ad hoc, a bit more reactive on some of that. Now we're being a bit more on the offense on that, but, uh, you know, we're not going to wait till the full sourcing program is ready and then, and then do this magical release and then all the problems will be fixed. We're actually just trying to key in on certain areas, certain thresholds with some of the templates we have and get involved with stakeholders we know that'll work with us. So these are kind of the things that go through our mind in our planning. And then there's lots of you know granular mini tasks that build into these things.
3: Yeah. I like hearing that you're not essentially that mindset, especially that startup scale up mindset. You're not afraid to build fast and break things and just continue to iterate and improve until you kind of get that desired result and and everything coming along.
1: For sure, nothing would get done. I feel if we uh, waited for everything to be perfect, and by the time it gets out there, you know it'll be too late.
3: Absolutely, it'll never be perfect, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay,
2: let's get into SaaS specific detail. You know, we've been working together for a little while now. Your journey at Hootsuite around SaaS management. You know, I'd love to talk on your perspectives around SaaS. You know, as you think of the most important areas, likely. As with most of our customers, it's usually the the number one expense line item, OPEX expense. Uh, It's the number one expense line item overall in most organizations underneath headcount. So what are the important areas that you think about when you think about a sound SaaS management strategy internally? It's prioritization,
1: I think. If you look at those maps that it always gets shared of how many vendors and tools are in each category, and now you're looking at a company of, for us, let's say 1,300 people, Globally, how do we prioritize where we're going to invest? That's always what I dive into. So the process has evolved and it's gotten really good because it's consolidated. But still, within that, who's a decision maker to tell the head of sales that no, this the ROI on this is not quite matching up with what marketing is looking for versus Mm -hmm. what CTO is looking for, etc. So that high level decision making strategy of where we need to invest, where we need to renew, where we need to add. That I think is the part that's extremely valuable. Then you need to look over and realize that sales, marketing, CTO, corp, uh, legal—they're all going to have their ass. They're all going to think their ass are, are number one for X reason. Yeah. You can't buy them all. You can't implement them all, even if you can buy them all, and you can't integrate them all, and uh, and great. then renew them all. So there's all of this to consider, and I think that's why Zylo is such a great space because it's we're you know we're just learning all this stuff and we're scratching it and. There's going to be uh, insights and things that come out of you know all your years that where you'll go in a different direction and change because this space is really really interesting because of the recurring nature and uh, looking at the budget and seeing okay this is our budget now but we have some multi-year deals so it's already set for the next year and the year after so there's only a little bit of wiggle room here so there's so many avenues.
2: Yeah, this is where I get on my procurement soapbox a little bit, but the rise of SaaS has created a lot, obviously, but. One of the things that is has done, the distributed nature of software throughout an organization means that there's no real central management, some central strategy within IT. But whenever there's a distributed area inside an organization that's being purchased, whether it's temp labor services, or it could be travel and expense services, or it could be consulting, or it could be... Heck, it could be the fun office supplies example that everybody always talks about. When that happens, procurement really elevates their role within every organization because everything funnels down into a singular point, which is the point of purchase. And that's where diligence is completed. That's where strategy checks are made. And the rise of SaaS has created such a strategic opportunity for procurement to take advantage of because there's nobody else in the organization that sees across all expenses that can really help drive that overall strategy. But secondarily the rise of saas i'm a little long in the tooth so i'll talk about my years 10 15 years ago working in large enterprises where you know they had 50 applications across their enterprise they were all sitting in a you know in a room managed by it and they were erp solutions and big heavy technically required applications that had to have teams of people managing them but the advent of saas means that now that exact same company has a thousand applications and with that Comes the operational burden of a thousand renewals and a thousand license right sizes and a thousand true ups and a thousand DPAs and a thousand different onboarding scenarios every year. So the work around SaaS has exploded, but the strategic relevance and importance of procurement's role within SaaS is equally as important. So. For you to be doing this in a legal organization, collaborating with the business, but being really that central point in the organization with the strategy that IT is leading is super cool, I would say, and fun to be building on the fly and really kind of highlights that importance of procurement's role in managing IT within the organization. No follow-up question there needed, but it just kind of sent me on that spiral of, boy, I think the strategic relevance of procurement in SaaS management has never been greater.
1: Yeah. And one thing was also the administration of those tools, those thousand tools. That's now not just ITs. That's split out everywhere. Permissions, you know, ad removing deployment. Like that is something that's big for us too on license cleanup and renewal and that stuff. So yeah, you're right. It, it completely, uh, has transformed everything.
3: For that, I mean, since we're talking about that, we might as well go into a little bit of that administrative burden piece, right? Like what some of those challenges are, but what you're doing to mitigate that for yourself as well as the rest of the business.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, I, I definitely didn't coin the term, but uh, that renewal fatigue is big, right? If you, yeah, I mean, you can do a, everything on a one year deal or short term, but is that the best? Is that efficient? Is that cost prohibitive? Like there's so many reasons why you, you wouldn't do that if you're being uh, strategic. So you kind of separate your software into different uh, categories. You know, you got your core and your strategic, and then you have your test group or your um, the ones that you may be a bit more flexible on. So I think that renewal fatigue has an immense like, downstream operations burden because, you know, we go out to this user who has a day job asking them to submit a renewal and then they're not going to do as so you're following up with them. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to eventually um submit it, but they've had to do some work to submit. It. And then it comes into our flow and, you know, we may review it. It may be very easy, but if not, you know, there might be another security, there might be privacy, there might be legal. So you have these downstream effects and then eventually to the finance world where they have to process it. So there's lots of things to think about when we make decisions. So a small decision, yes or no, can lead to a lot of work. And at yeah. scale, whether it's 300 apps or a thousand, it can really, really add up.
2: Yeah. I like that a lot. You've also hit on the operational burden, but you've also hit on budgeting, planning and budgeting. And so maybe talk a little bit about procurement's role in that process, but really your thoughts on budget around SaaS in any fast-growing organization as well.
1: Yeah. So when we started, it was just normal line item in an, op- an OPEX budget for each department. They wanted to buy a you know, customer success tool, they would go in and buy a customer success tool Another team may have a similar need and they would go buy a tool and it was dispersed. But now IT um, was able to consolidate the budget a few years ago and make this all under one budget. And then what we did in procurement is we closed the loop recently. So them creating the budget, us closing the loop allowed us to review the savings that were being made, where the overages were. You know, we had some risks and in there we had line items for new spend, new plan spend where we would cancel, et cetera, all in yeah. one box, which is um, great. I mean, I see the argument on both ends of how to do this, but this is where we've done it. And I think because we were so decentralized and those was the wild, wild west, having this process is a must now if you ever want to break it out, it's still possible. But this needed to be done to help clean up and create that central entry point. So I think that was really, really key. Now, now that's been said, there's still many areas of the budgeting process that we want to work on and improve on as this grows, as the money goes big, like you said, a very large line item. And uh, when do we start? The other thing we're seeing is teams planning their SaaS budget a year out.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like ideal, but is it realistic? So you're seeing a lot of stuff where people make these plans in October and then come April, March, they're either pivoted completely, not able to make this purchase. Are those types of things are coming up too? So we're seeing all these patterns and trends. So hopefully every yeah. year we improve on this and then we'll be perfect in 2024.
2: <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I'm sure. Perfect. Everything's perfect. <laughs> it's it, it, right. It, it's a leading indicator internally in a business. For us, it's a leading indicator with our customers. Right now, we see a lot of the plan is flat, the plan is down X percent, or there's a task being handed out in preparation for what many consider to be a little bit of slowdown in the economy. So to do that, you have to have the data. You need to understand the data. You need to understand last year's data, the plan going forward by business unit, and then marry that all together. And it's a massive effort. I think the opportunity for procurement is only growing because of the relevance of procurement in this overall process. So I think your takes on budgeting are spot on.
1: Yeah, we're seeing the same thing of where we we should be leaning in a more and uh, partnering with our, our friends in IT and, and finance. So we we're already kind of in that in that mode so yeah we're on the same page
3: and something would love to i know for myself as well as for people tuning in something that everyone's trying to do and you found a better way to accomplish
1: better way i mean i don't want to i don't want to say your, that, your
3: best way you know okay like we're working towards perfect
1: i think it's how you get in contact with us sounds mm-hmm. small but um we have people speaking different languages, remote workers, small, you know, we work offices, global nature, M&A. How do you get a, get a hold of us? So it used to be a lot tougher, but with the landing page, which the key point is it's available through our single sign-on through Okta. So everybody has access to it. That's been big. So even if you don't know how to find us, you'll see it in there or someone can tell you it's there. And once you're there, the world is your oyster. You can read about all of it. Or if you don't want to... You can just get in touch with us through our Slack channel. We have a public Slack channel in there that talks to our three procurement members and email us. You can fill out a ticket. So I think how to get in touch with us has been key. We're not just an email address. We actually live in your single sign-on. So you can come in and chat and put a little bio up so you can see that we're not just robots and here to make <laughs> your life miserable. You know, We're here to, to partner with you, tell uh, internal users a little bit about us. So I think that's been... Sounding small, but it was a lot of work to do. It was a lot -hmm. lot of effort with multiple teams helping us out.
2: And then for you, then what's next? You know, as we wrap up, what you've built, how that started, the SaaS importance of that category to your business as well. What do you see as the next evolution of procurement
1: at Hootsuite? There's so much. I mean, we've talked about so much there. There's so many categories where we just don't have the time, or we haven't uh, invested in where we can affect change and and drive efficiencies. So all our learnings on the SaaS side, we can take to, I mean, we're already taking on most categories, but we can do a lot more around um, events, consultants, contractors, You know, the categories are endless. Yeah. So I think more of the same, but also getting those people educated into our flow earlier will be really important. So from a procurement standpoint, that's big, but looking back on it overall, all the operational changes we've made, we could probably do more and lean in our other parts of the business where we can kind of put our hand up and say, hey, we've we've kind of done this over here. Uh, Why don't you piggyback on our landing page or on our process and come join and and kind of align this so we can um, have a lot more visibility throughout the company.
2: That's a good focus. You know, most procurement teams, it's remove the tactical, focus on the strategic, but you're always shorthanded. There's always more spend and more categories than you can take on. That means you've got to rely on automation. You've got to rely on tooling to be able to surface those insights and the things that you need to action on, and that's kind of a mantra internally at Zylo. We think about every day: how do we, how do we remove the clutter and and elevate the strategy to procurement? And as I came into the business, co-founding it six years ago, it was this needs to be category strategy, category management strategy in a box it needs to provide all of the spend, all of the utilization, all of the entitlement detail, and then give those recommendations and benchmarks. So that's been our core focus you know, over the last 6 years is how do we become that category management solution? How do we become that IT operational platform and really elevate that for the large enterprise going forward? So love your insights there and spot on as you think about what's next for
1: Hootsuite. Yeah, I think the data play is huge. It's yeah. We have a lot, but it's never enough. And how to carve it and, and where to get it from. So I think that's the next. That's also another uh, part two that I didn't mention is that we're really trying to clean up what we have and automate that data because that's where we're going to get those insights of where we need to lean in. If we just try to go with anecdotes, we may be led in the wrong direction. But if we can get that data of, hey, actually, if we put some effort into this category, we can really get a lot out of it. Um, But I think it's easier said than done. That's why we leverage tools like uh, Xylo and our ERP system to get these insights.
3: So one thing, thank you. First of all, Akil, this has been your insights, your feedback, sharing where you've been and where you're going has been really, really helpful to hear. Um, So thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. One thing that we like to close every session out with is our fire. So a little bit of word association here. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right.
2: Can be a word, a sentence, whatever comes to mind. Okay. Coming up first, procurement.
1: Strategic.
3: Negotiation fun that's okay right. yeah scale
1: uh table stakes
3: yeah nice 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 that's definitely something that the mantra here at silo Club. Well. so sports now you're a big sports fan playing or watching
1: playing
2: mm-hmm. Ah, i like that well then i'll go to the other side uh, on the watching and ask you your favorite joe joe montana or joe carter
1: uh it's got to be montana gotta be.
2: I grew up a uh, Dan Marino fan, Akil, so we've got a little bit of a conflict there, but thank you. I really appreciate you coming on today, sharing some of those insights, your founding story of the procurement organization at Hootsuite. I really look forward to what you're up to next, how you're taking SaaS management to the next level, and really to watch your organization grow as Hootsuite overall grows as well. So thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it, Akil. Yeah, thanks for having me. Did you enjoy the episode? Pass it along to your friends. Subscribe to get notifications for the latest episode. Share your favorite takeaways and join the conversation on social media using hashtag SassMeUnfiltered.